Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 270, recorded on December 3rd, 2023, live from the Autobahn in Germany, where John and Jason talk about what they have been up to lately, including presenting at ESPC 23, their visit to CERN, raising money for women who code, and the upcoming Microsoft Fabric Community Conference. Well, hello, Jason. It feels like it's only been seconds since I've seen you. In fact, yeah. I'm looking at you right now. Well, please keep your eyes on the road, John. Oh, okay, okay, Seriously. Okay. Like, <laughs> oh, man, it has been seconds since we saw each other. Yeah, we are actively driving right now. We are in Germany, driving down to Heidelberg, which is a town in, uh, in it's still the Rhine region, right? I think so. I yeah. think it's still technically, this is so tip of it. But yeah. So we, we got into Germany yesterday. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're doing and where we've been. But we got to spend the evening with some dear friends, uh, the Ugos, who uh, Addis and Margaret, who run, uh, who are some of the folks who run the European Collaboration Summit and the uh, European Cloud Summit as well. As well as uh, Run.Events, it's yes. a software for running event. Yeah, so we, we got the evening uh, with them last night at the wonderful dinner at their house. And it's one of the joys of getting to travel and do what we do is we get to make friends with people all over the world. And since the Cloud Summit got pushed time-wise out to May from this coming week, we decided we'd still come to Germany since that's how we were flying home. And we were going to spend the day. It's a it's nice Sunday, sunny Sunday. So it's the first time rain <laughs> all week. Since I landed in Europe that it's been this beautiful. We, we're going to go uh, down to Heidelberg and see some Christmas markets. Nothing like a Jew and Christmas markets. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I love it. They're so beautiful and so joyous, and I love the vibe, and this beautiful castle down there. So we're going to go do that for the day. But on the drive, we thought we would uh, just try out these new microphones we just got. Uh, Merry, Merry Hanukkah to you, John, and oh, Merry, well, Merry, well, well, Happy Christmas, happy Christmas to, me. to you. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, you know, try, trying out some new, uh, <laughs> some new gear. We picked up the AnchorWorks uh, 650. Anchor, if you want to sponsor us, we like spend a lot of money on your stuff. <laughs> yeah, so. We'd love to. Well, we already have. Right? Uh, well, we've already done it. So <laughs> we have everything they make. But seriously, John, we've had such a Good crazy week. couple of uh, couple of weeks. But this week, especially, yeah. has been wild. You got there a little bit earlier than I did into yep. Amsterdam. Yep. Got to spend a little bit more time at the event. I opted because it was uh, American Thanksgiving. In the last two years, I've chosen to be away from my family starting on Thanksgiving Day. This year, I decided to spend extra time with them. And I flew over to Amsterdam. Got in Tuesday morning. You'd already been there. Got to go to the speaker event yeah, and everything, all the cool stuff, stuff like yep. that. Get over the jet lag. You know, the yeah. Day. And then you went to Jeff Keeper's keynote on I did. Tuesday morning. I did. The big piece of news, I mean, that we've, we've seen a lot. That was a good keynote. It felt like, the, you know, the SharePoint conference of old, in the case of Jeff, right? Yeah. right. yeah. It kind of had that vibe to it, and I haven't caught that. Now, to be honest, I haven't been to a lot of keynotes in the last little while, uh-huh. but it really started to feel like this, you know, we're getting back to pre-pandemic sort of activity. There wasn't a whole lot of brand new news. I mean, we're coming to couple weeks after Ignite, so he was mostly recapping uh, Ignite announcements, except uh, the one big new thing that uh, he was announcing was the SharePoint embedded thing, which is interesting. The concept here is of a, let's call it a headless SharePoint. It's it's essentially using the the SharePoint storage without having to deal with all the SharePoint muckety-muck on the front end. I don't mean that in a bad way. 
but you don't have to go and set up the sites, et cetera. You know, it's essentially self-managed for your applications. And this, that interestingly is what, if anybody's used, we've talked about it before, Loop. Uh, yeah. If you go there and you use Loop in behind the scenes, that's exactly what it's using on the back end. So uh, it's now ava uh, available for developers to try for their own applications as well. So that was the big piece of news at, at the keynote. Yeah, that's interesting stuff. My old SharePoint geekiness starts to yeah. bubble up to the surface. So you're doing truly custom you know, .NET applications or any other type of applications. You'd be able to leverage the SharePoint hierarchy in the back end and storage and all of that. Right. Have your custom front end, but store, but use all of the goodness of uh, SharePoint on the back end. Yeah, so you get enterprise-grade storage, right? You get all of those... Uh, all of the controls, all of the governance stuff around it, all the version control, it's all available to you in your application. Well, that's kind of nifty. Yeah. And you can, at that point, leverage the OneDrive Sync client, things of that nature that's as right. well. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's fundamentally right, yeah. So for people who hate the way that SharePoint looks, they can leverage SharePoint without it looking like SharePoint, really. You could build point. your own SharePoint if you wanted to. All right, then. But uh, this is this is cloud-only, right? That's correct. Obviously, okay. that's cloud-only, yeah. Not much of this stuff's happened on prem, in the on-prem world these days. Yeah, but still, it's worth thinking about and asking the question, you know? Yep, yep. Well, that's cool. You know, I, by the time I arrived, so I had a very long travel day, didn't sleep on the airplane, got in, and the keynote was starting, and I, as didn't much as go. I like Jeff, <laughs> and I truly do like Jeff Teeper, he's, yep. he's awesome. I got to t hang out with him a little bit later in the day. I took a nap. Yeah, I think that was the right call. And then came over to the conference and checked it out. It was really well done. It was. The it folks was. who run European Power Platform Conference, same folks who run European SharePoint Conference. And it's just, they're wonderful folks from Ireland who just treated us really well. And yeah, attendees and speakers alike. I really enjoy the uh, the events. Uh, what was the opening, John? When we were there, we did they did a, a cool river dance. Thing. I missed the uh, the entertainment part of it. Uh, I was just a little too late getting there, so I can't tell you. Well, I have to find out from somebody else then. But they always do something cool to do to open, and they always yep. have the community come out and you know talk as well at the very beginning because uh, you know community speaker panel who helps select some of the sessions, but. Uh, that evening, John, we had a wonderful dinner with some of your uh, AFPOINT fellows. That's right. AFPOINT uh, hosted the Red Party once again. So it was interesting seeing it. Uh, Jeff asked me, is this your first time on the inside there since it's becoming an AFPOINTER? Have you been to a Red Party? It's like, yes, yes, it was. <laughs> but it's not the first time I've had to dress up for an AFPOINT Red Party, is it? This is very true, John. We got the call with the day before Thanksgiving, so that Wednesday of the week before, saying, hey, we're doing this fashion show, and since y'all won it the last time, and you're going to be in town, we'd love it if you joined. Yeah. And I kind of looked at you dumbfounded. I was like, it's the day before Thanksgiving. And I'm, I'm not, not packing, going, a, I'm not checking a bag. Number one, I'm not planning to check a bag. Number two, I don't have a ready, like, I don't have a closet full of costumes or anything that I could yeah. just go and select from. <laughs> you could have brought the dress from last time. I could have done that, John, but they wanted superheroes, and I'm yeah. not sure that... Jason in a dress equals superhero. Super uh, something. It's, it's super creepy, super, baby. Hey, whatever super floats your boat, John. But so we told them that that was fine. We were happy to make uh, make the fool. However, they had to provide the costumes, yep. and we didn't quite know what they were going to have. Huh? Nope. <laughs> you ended up as the Joker, and I ended up as Batman. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a thing. It was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely were. Uh, you know, so. Happily, they had some makeup to 
gussie you up with. That's right. That's uh, right. And yeah. I think we'll probably drop a picture of you in the blog post oh, for this because it's it's worthy of seeing. At the end of the night, after we got out of our costumes, you were just going to wear the makeup on the way back to the hotel, and yeah. I couldn't stop laughing. So you went and washed it off. Yep. You said you looked like someone from the Insane Clown Posse, and I yep. thought you looked like a juggalo. Yep. But, you know, hey, yep. it was a lot of fun. <laughs> we raised over 4,000 uh, euros. Well, that's actually eight, because that point matched, uh, matched the donation. There you go. Yeah. So, you know... Uh, was it eight or was it a total of four? I believe it was no. I believe it was four raised with uh, with that being matched, but oh, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, actually. ducks. Po- you know, wrote a blog post yeah. about the event. We'll have to link it in the uh, show notes, John. But it's it, it was a great thing to do. I have definitely realized that I am way too old for the the club scene. <laughs> for the club scene, uh, I was ready to go very quickly after we were done raising yep. our money. You were not far behind. Nope. Uh, no, no. In fact, I think I was right in front of you. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. It was a great event, and for folks who enjoy that scene, they had a blast because it was yep. one of the premier clubs in Amsterdam that they rented out, and everybody had a great time. I heard all about it the next day after I was fresh back in my bed and getting good sleep um, <laughs> because you and I got to present the next morning, or actually the next day. I went and worked the booth for a while. Yeah, um, it's fabric, right? Yeah. Fabric with some new stuff. There's always new stuff in every presentation. It was a lot of fun, and the cool thing about it is that because we went GA and made a whole bunch of announcements, since the last time you and I presented, we got together that morning and made sure that we had all of the right slides in the deck and everything, but we realized just how much of the content changed yep. from the last time we did it, which was just a month before, yep. until we did it on uh, on Wednesday. Yep. It's really amazing like how much stuff we shipped. The big section we needed to add was the stuff on the mirroring. Yes. Uh, the announcements about mirroring, and just because, you know, we haven't talked about that. That's essentially the ability to take what's going on in a, in a typical transactional database, a SQL Azure database, a Cosmos database, and mirror that into one link yes. uh, in real time uh, without any you know, effort, uh, without having to run any other you know, transformation jobs, et cetera. And that basically is bringing the transactional databases into the same fold as the uh, analytical databases we have today in Fabric. Basically, again, with that common one-leg data platform. And this is something that we announced at Ignite that is uh, in private preview at this point and is working really darn well from yeah. what I've heard. From what I've, yeah, I haven't played with it myself, but the quick demos that I have seen, real working demos, look really cool. And I'm very excited about what we have in, uh, in the private preview at this point, what's going to come even more next year. So I'm very excited to see what we do and maybe what, what other announcements we're gonna have at, uh, at the, the Microsoft Fabric Community Conference in March as well. Which we need to talk about. Yeah, we should talk about that. Let's get, get to that a little, a little bit. But so mirroring was definitely a big thing that we had to get to and talk about. But just all of the really neat stuff that we, we've just announced everything. And you know, we, we recapped a lot of that in our previous episode, so we won't dive into it really here. but. John, it was a lot of fun to see the reaction of folks as we were talking about the realities of Fabric. It's yes. no longer a public preview thing. It's fully GA, all of the cool stuff that's coming. And you know the fact that we now have a roadmap documentation out there. 
And additionally, everything, once people realize, like, oh, y'all ship every week into the service. Uh -huh. You do the roll-up blog once a month, except for January. Uh, you know, and that's how this is continuing to go. It's not a big milestone moment, big milestone moment. We have to wait six months until we hear the right. next thing. We're really releasing new stuff every oh, single so week and every month. It's a continuous stream of what's coming. And John, you've pointed it out, the fact that we've slowed down just a little bit in some spaces. Yeah, certain and, areas. It's yeah, just well, things that aren't focus areas at the moment, that's all. Yeah, but now you're starting to see a lot more come to light every single blog cycle. Yeah. It's like, oh wow, that's what we put out there. That's all the stuff that's come. It's, it's really interesting to move into this new timeline uh, and this new space for reality, which is awesome. Yep. Uh, we're in that uh, GA plus time frame, which is, in my world, very cool. <laughs> um, we did all of that, John. Yep. Uh, we spent our time. We had a, a, a great time. You went off on the, uh, the experience the conference had for Wednesday evening, yep. and I went out to dinner nice. and then called it at night. Uh, wandered around, uh, saw some of the Christmas market stuff in Amsterdam and yeah, some of the lights and everything. And then we got up the next morning and spent a full long day, full long day of travel over to Geneva. Why on earth would someone go to Geneva? Well, John, back in the summertime, we presented in Dublin at the European Power Platform Conference. And a, a, a wonderful attendee of ours who came to our workshop and then came to our session connected with us on LinkedIn. Her name is Veronica Kroll, and she is a data engineer at CERN. CERN? Yeah. CERN. Isn't, yeah. isn't that the place where they found the Higgs boson? That is exactly the place where they isn't discovered the, big, the Higgs boson, John. The big, large Hadron Collider that's 27 kilometers in circumference? It is, John. Oh. Uh, it's for the nerdy, science -y, geeky type of people in the world. It's definitely a mecca. Uh, <laughs> and Veronica in, uh, invited us to, uh, to come for a visit if we were ever in the area. And uh, we had this weekend in between these two conferences, and we decided, let's see if that would work. And uh, her comment to us was, that sounds perfect because we're not running the experiments at that yeah. particular time. They're, you know, they've just hit shutdown for the season. And so we were able to really get into some of the experiments and see some of the behind the scenes. So we went to Geneva, and uh, from the second we landed till the morning we left, it rained continuously. It did not stop raining. Uh, <laughs> happily, science doesn't stop for rain. No, no. Plus, it's 100 meters underground. Yeah. So we got to spend the day at CERN, and I did not go in with expectation. I don't know about you. I just was looking forward to the day, looking forward to learning. I'm just happy to be there. Yeah. And I was so pleasantly surprised. You know, we got this a tour of the command and control center uh, to start with, and a, a, true, a, a great background from Veronica and David on truly what is CERN, what do they do, what are all the, the different projects that they have going on right now, and an overview of how the collider works and how it's not just one thing. This was something I did not understand at all. Yeah, yeah. It's a slingshot type of mentality. Of, series of, series of, uh, of, of accelerators yes. that feed into each other, have their own experience with, within each one, too. Yeah. They can all feed the, the big guy, mm -hmm. getting up to speeds of like 99.9 you know, times the speed of light. Yeah, just before the, 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 the you know, breaking the, the, the light barrier, the speed of light, rather. It's absolutely amazing hearing about the you know how they do what they do and the fact that you, know, you just don't know. Like, what's the purpose of it? Well, the purpose of it is science. The purpose of it is discovery yep. and not knowing what's the tangible that's coming out of it. 
Well, we may not know. That's right. In our lifetime, the expectation is, is that our great, great, great grandchildren will benefit from the experiments that are going on today, yeah. right? That's what we're doing with all of these types of things from a science perspective. Quantum physics. Really unique and interesting. We got to go visit uh, the the, uh, the Science Gateway, I believe is what it was called, yes, which is right. their new visitor center, yeah. uh, visitor center. It's only two months old, completely funded by donations from, uh, from uh, charitable Probably foundations. Yeah, yeah. What they were telling us is that they used to get uh, 350,000 requests per year to come and tour CERN, and they weren't able to meet the demand. They were only able to do about a third of that. With the new Discovery Center, they're able to exceed, far exceed the demand yeah. today. They're hoping that more and more people will come and discover CERN as a result of the, the Science Gateway. But it was very hands-on. It was really un a unique opportunity to get to go and see how the experiments work and how some of these things work with examples and the one that really fascinated me was the the magnets one, John, where it's like they, they have the marble on the track. Yeah. As the marble came through, you had to push the button exactly at the right time because on one it, the magnet was polarized. Polarity. As you bit. push the button and release it, right, it goes from positive to negative, and that can slingshot the marble. And there were like five different buttons you had to push, and it couldn't be done by one person oh. successfully. And there was somebody there who asked our guide, an awesome young man named Ernest. Hey, can you show us how this works? And he said, uh, truthfully, I've only ever been able to do it one time. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. it, and it's how the accelerators work, right? Yes. It's how the, the particles are sped up and sped up and sped up. It's this, this magnet that shifts polarity when the particle stream gets halfway through. And it, it's basically a pull-push mechanism. Yeah. It's really interesting. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at Tigraph.com. So that was really cool. And the, the other one I, that I truly enjoyed was the... Uh, the four-dimensional tesseract. Oh, yeah. You know, that was really neat. And the the represent the artist representation of what uh, the alternative universe could look like. Yeah. Just really cool stuff. And I geeked out a lot. And you know, not being the the engineer background that you are, for me it was just fascinating. And the way that the Ernest described it was the goal of the Science Gateway is to help educate people for age, from age eight to a hundred. And I think I fit in right around the 12-year-old line, John. It was like perfect for me, you know. I wish I was closer to that than where yeah. I am, but that's enough. No, but John, we did discover while we were in Amsterdam that you are now a senior thank citizen. Thank you. Thank you for adding uh, that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as far as the transit system in Amsterdam is concerned, yes, I am. Yes. So that, then that, that's okay. We, we appreciate your service to the, to yeah, the planet yeah, yeah, over, yeah, your, yeah. over your time, yeah, John. Yeah, yeah. So moved on from there. To go down into the Atlas experiment, we went. That's the mind blower. A hundred meters below ground, to where they were. The collector is yeah, on yeah. the Large Hadron Collider. Uh, I got to see it. The thing is just massive. Didn't have any understanding of the size and scale of this thing. What was more to me is seeing how the beam comes through this yeah. thing, and it's only the, the the pipe that the beam comes through is only, what, uh, would you say about a, less than a meter? Oh, Maybe yeah, half yeah, a yeah. meter wide? Yeah, yeah, it's that even. It's yeah. a probably smaller. I, I, I don't know my metric system very well, John. It, it's about a foot, so, you yeah. know, a foot wide, like up against this 
I, what, I, what I would say is about a three-story at least disc. Our guide said that they have the uh, largest ratio of uh, size of experiment to the experimenter yeah. in the world. <laughs> yes, so they're pushing you know, billions of particles through the beam and coming at each other, and there are only four points at which the beam crosses, Collide, right? Yeah, crosses uh, in order to just to, like Ghostbusters, exactly to actually cause the collision. And the way that it was described was, you know, billions of particles coming at each other, and on average, it's roughly between 50 and 60 particles yep. that actually will collide. In any interaction, yeah. In right. any interaction, and so that, that's what they're doing is they're tracking and tracing and monitoring all of this with this massive collector. And, you know, we got to see one of them, the, the one on the Atlas experiment where they discovered the Higgs boson, right? Yep. We got to be down there for, like, 20 uh, minutes. And, no, downstairs. Oh, down in the basement. Down, yeah, down 20 minutes the, in yeah, the actual. They're sitting there with the decimeter and, and checking the radiation the, the yeah. entire time. Just really fascinating. And the safety which, precautions. Which was zero, by yeah, the way. Yeah, hard hats everywhere. And so we took lots of geeky pictures, and they allowed for all of that. We did take a picture at the uh, the Will I Am selfie spot. Yeah, that's right. And all of that. It was it was just a lot of geeky fun. And the gentleman who toured us around, his name is Steve. Had been there for thirty five years, and you know since the the you know, start of the uh, of the Large Hadron Collider, just really neat to get to see all of that. And after that, we got a chance to just take a little bit of a break before we moved into the next mind blowing thing where we got to go over and see the cloud experiment. Yeah. The way that they structured the day was perfect because that was the last part of the, of the day that we went to, but it built upon everything else that we'd seen, right? So they actually take a branch off of the beam, right? Yeah. Where the beam that's going through the particle accelerators, they're, they're, they're sort of piping it out off to the left, let's call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and tapping in. In order to, to provide power to this, ex, you know, the, yeah. the experiment and pump these particles in to be able to, to see what kind of particles are formed in the atmosphere in a truly contained, pristine environment so that we're able to put different uh, different particles into into cloud, which is a sealed uh, containment area, and be able to see how particles form in the atmosphere. and Understanding the cloud formation, that's yeah. really the goal, yeah. And the gentleman who toured us around that, Jasper Kirby is his name, yep. is actually the guy who incepted this and yeah. came up with it and requested the funding in the yeah. first place. And just, he's a particle physicist who decided that, you know, the the accelerator stuff was not as exciting for him, and he wanted to try and do something slightly different. Yeah, because stuff was going on at CERN wasn't <laughs> interesting enough for him. Yeah. And so he came up with this idea, and some of the discoveries that they have been making over the years with this project, and they've been, I think he said it's been 10 years now, have helped yeah. us understand greenhouse gases better and understand the, you know, the cooling and the heating of the earth and things of that nature it's starting to predict how uh, cloud formations are going to be over time. And the fact that, you know, all these particles that get formed, that form clouds that get, uh, you know, brought into the atmosphere and not being a scientist, I'm regurgitating my layman's term version of it. <laughs> all the junk that we throw into the atmosphere by being polluters in the world, right? We were, we we're assuming are what's truly causing all the, of it. All of this. Yeah, they're showing that that's, it's, there's a lot of naturally occurring cloud formation as yeah. well. Yeah. The idea is to be able to tell, like, 
before pre-industrial times, yeah. what were what were the clouds like? Yeah. Like, are, is is all of this because of a, is smog something that we can truly get rid of, or is it something that nature is contributing to as well? Right. Right. And so, so one of the things that he mentioned to us was that they're getting ready. They've just made some massive discoveries, and yeah. they're getting ready to publish probably mid-January. So we're going to be excited to see that yep. and be able to to go. We talked to that guy. Know, for sure. Yeah, I know. Like, that was the, the guy who, who toured us around yeah. and showed us everything. And we like, there was at one point where uh, you were about to lean against a piece of equipment, <laughs> and he stopped and he said, "Please don't don't touch that. That's more important than all of us here." <laughs> and it was this unassuming black pipe. It had some foam, black foam around the thing. It was like, "That's okay. wow. Okay." <laughs> I now have a, a, a better perspective on where I'm standing right now <laughs> and cool. how fragile all of this truly is. Yeah. It's just absolutely amazing stuff. At the end of that, John, we, after we said goodbye, we went, so we went into the control room yeah. and there's about a, you know, somewhere between eight and a dozen people. I didn't yeah. take a proper count. All very young. These are all PhD students. Yeah. But uh, what, what, he, the, what the gentleman tortoise told us was, only two of these people are actually supposed to be here right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else is so geeked out yeah. on, by what we're doing. They all come in regardless because they just like they're running these experiments, want to see what's going on. And the wall of data that they've got and the, yeah. the information, like he walked in and he lit, the man lit up looking at the screens. There's a dozen screens on the wall. And he zoned in on one particular spot in a heat map and just was excited by it. And one of the, one of his uh, postdocs came over and was like, let me talk to you about this. And he starts explaining and he stops me and he says, that's great. We're like, I want to dig into all of this. Take it up a couple of levels because <laughs> these folks aren't, aren't like, they're basically, basically don't normals. Have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort, of, sort of like us talking geek stuff in front of, uh, yep. you know, any, anybody outside of the tech world. But just the joy that yep. these people had for what they're doing was really cool to get to see. And then afterwards, John, we got a chance to spend two hours talking to some of the data engineers, data scientists at CERN. Uh, and, and some of the folks just who work there. About fabric. And yeah. it was really, a, they're uh, sort of at the beginning of their Power BI journey. Yeah. As you can imagine, a place like CERN has, has a whole lot of homegrown technology and you know things that they've been doing on their own. They're leveraging many different platforms, many different ways of dealing with their own way of tapping into IoT in order to be able to yeah. do real-time measurements and things like that. And it was, it was kind of cool to see one of the lead gentlemen there when I started talking about real-time analytics and some of those types of things, and you were talking about Custo and yep. all of that, the visualizations you can do in Power BI and the data warehousing and all of these things that all are in fabric. And what we can do with all of that, the man's face just sort of lit up. He got excited by the idea. So I'm looking forward to having further conversations with them to see what else we can truly do to help them on the, the science journey with fabric. But it was awesome. It was such an awesome day. An yeah, we were only supposed to talk for about an hour and a half, and we just kept going because they had questions. And like, we'll stay here as long as you want and answer yeah. every question you have. It was truly an honor. Like one of those bucket list things you didn't even oh, know man. that was on your bucket list because yeah. who, who would have ever expected that we would have gotten that opportunity? Yeah, that's definitely a highlight. I'm never going to forget that. Yeah. So I've had some really cool stuff happen to me in the past year or so. This was definitely one of those highlight moments, though. It was really cool. So if you're not familiar with CERN, definitely take a look at the show notes. We'll put some links to some of the cool stuff that we saw yeah. and some of the cool things that we learned about. It was just a really awesome experience. And then uh, 
Yesterday we flew from uh, Geneva over to Frankfurt, and now we're off. Going to spend the day just having some joy. joy. Bring it full circle. Yeah. Going to walk some Christmas markets and buy some trinkets to take home. Yep. That's going to be it for the year, too. We're done with each other at that point. Oh, uh, we are. Not quite. We'll still record. We still have to do our wrap-up uh, oh, for yeah, the year of, uh, and our predictions. Man, that's going to be much harder this year for me. Yeah, you're not going to be allowed to, I think. Uh, I think no. you're disqualified. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm still going to try to, to see what I can come up with in an agnostic fashion. Or you can stick um, to stuff you, know, you, you definitely don't know. Yeah. yeah, which is a lot these days, John. I've had to step away from, uh, from the day-to-day cool because I'm spending all of my time focused on the the Microsoft Fabric Community Conference, John, that's happening in, in March. We're going to have to dive into it more and talk about it. We're I'm working on the program for it. I'm responsible for content for the event and uh, you know bring all the speakers and who's coming and what we're doing and the experiences that we're bringing for our customers and our partners and all of that, working together with marketing to try and drive an amazing event that we're going to have in... Uh, in March. End of March. If you're interested, go out to fabricconf.com or aka.ms forward slash slash fabric conference, and you'll be able to find uh, the event there. It's also going to start showing up in the service as an option for you to click on and find out more about it. It'll also show up in the desktop in the December version. Trying to make sure that everybody in the world knows about this because it's going to be a huge event. I spent time in our, our taxi the other night on the way to dinner, ta- hearing about the readout from our keynote discussion that I wasn't able to make because we were presenting at CERN, but I got an opportunity to talk with my team and hear what new things we've come up with for that. I'm starting to get really excited. John. Really? So yeah. there's stuff that you haven't announced uh, that you're going to be talking about? You know, I, I, I can neither confirm nor deny okay. that there will be lots of announcements happening at this event. It's a little too early to actually do that. But right now, we've only got about 40% of the content online on the conference website. We're going to get up to about 70% in the middle of December. And then we're going to post even more in January. So there's lots of new stuff coming. There's lots of great things to be reading about. We've got a combination of all of the different fabric workloads, plus all the database side of the world and you know the AI side of the world, John, Very that we're cool. going to be talking about at this conference. So that's the, the majority of the tracks. We're going to have lots of other stuff that we'll be talking about. So definitely keep an eye out. I'm not going to stop talking about it on the show because it's what I'm focused on with my world right now. Probably need to stop talking about it soon, though. We're getting the time. Yeah, we should probably go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, you know, <laughs> We thought that, that comedians in cars having coffee was, uh, was a really cool idea. And we decided to do uh, the John and Jason geek out about their week version of it. So hopefully this has been enjoyable for you. Uh, looking forward to wrapping up the year in the coming weeks. We'll have another big set of uh, blog announcements coming for the December update. Yeah, and then, uh, there's probably a new uh, service drop as well coming. Well, yeah, John, every, every week we yeah. drop new stuff in. But, but the, you know, the announcements, the wrap-up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The feature, the feature summary will we'll wrap up somewhere about the middle of December. And we'll get that out probably the third. You'll hear, about the, the, hear that podcast about the third week of December. But we also have people lining up right now, John, to come on the show and talk about their features and what they've been doing. You keep so, threatening that. We have to do that. Sometimes. I know. We've got to sit still long enough, man, yeah, to be true. able to sit down and do that recording. Well, we should be doing that for the next little while. Yeah. So we're going to work on that as people start to head out on vacation for the holidays. We'll get some recordings done so we can uh, have a nice January set of, uh, of interesting things for you to hear about. But with that, buddy, I'm going to figure out how to turn this microphone thing right. off. 
and uh, we're going to go from there. Excellent. Well, have, 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 have a good one. Yeah, we are going to have a good one. Hope the audience has a good one. All right. Take care, buddy. You do. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal Podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons. 